Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Chuan Tintin with you. It's now time for Market View, where on today's edition, we will take a look at those interest rates hitting the highest level since 2001. Chuan Tintin will tell you more. First things first. Closing bell. But as always, a quick recap of how we started the day. Now, Singapore shares opened stronger today after global markets finished mixed overnight. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.7% to 3,328 points after some 76 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, let's take a look at the closing numbers. The benchmark Straits Times Index closed up 0.98%. We're looking at 3,337 points. In terms of value, Turnover, that's 1.31 billion Sing dollars. Now, gainers outnumbered losers 375 versus 226. Top advances, we have New Incorporation USD, DBS, and IFAST. And top decliners, we have Plato Capital, GMH USD, and Jardin Cycle and Carriage. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have UOB because the bank's net profit for the second quarter up uh, 27% to 1.4 billion Sing dollars on higher net interest income income, as well as trading and investment income. Now, meanwhile, from a quick look at the latest distribution numbers from SREITs and uh, to the US Fed's decision to take interest rates to the highest level since 2001, we've got more corporate and international headlines for you. And joining us on the line is David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. David, welcome to the show. Hi, Tendian. Hi, thank you as always for having me on the show. Great to have you on board. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the yeah. SEI fare today after that 25 basis point rate hike by the Fed? Uh, I mean, you, you don't have to ask. Um, as they close the day, you are pretty much higher at around 1%. And, mm. uh, you know, this positive sentiment uh, has pretty much uh, reverberated across the Asian markets following, uh, you know, this morning's uh, Fed meeting. And I guess, uh, to a certain extent, the underlying positive sentiment uh, was actually issued from the belief that the Fed is probably much closer to the end of the hiking cycle than anything. So, um, I mean, even though the U.S. markets uh, close mixed, you know, with only the Dow Jones closing higher, and uh, speaking on the Dow Jones, it has been, you know, closing higher for the past 13 sessions, and it's actually the longest winning streak since 1987. So uh, that pretty much, you know, sums up, you know, what took place in the Asian stock market today. Uh, David, uh, Alarm Group talking about mm-hmm. how they're expecting net profit to come in materially lower. What's your reaction to that? Um, I guess uh, a share price, I think it was down close to 7%, you know, shouldn't come as a surprise, you know, since they, uh, they actually announced uh, this profit warning of sort, you know, and uh, this has started to put a dampener in the share price. So I think for this uh, episode, I think if I look at the announcement, uh, you know, this morning, I was told that, you know, uh, Olam actually cited, you know, low, I think lower bee activities and, you know, wet conditions, you know, which affected the crop use of their Australian almond orchard. So, uh, you know, my take, you know, as a fund manager is that, you know, these variables are, you know, extremely hard for, you know, fund managers like myself or even the analysts, other analysts to uh, track, you know, with uh, conditions like, you know, with wet weather, you can perhaps, you know, still monitor the Australian weather, weather bureau. But with, you know, bee activities, you know, it can get you know quite hard to track the to track the underlying uh, activity. So as such, uh, you know, it's really not a surprise. 
after this news announcement. David, let's zoom in on uh, UOB, the bank's net profit for a second quarter, up 27% to $1.4 billion. That's on higher net interest income. So um, excluding one-off expenses mostly related to the integration of Citigroup, UOB said its net profit would have been 35% higher. So how would you read mm-hmm. into uh, the latest performance of UOB? Okay, I think uh, prior to the release of, the, of uh, this set of results, I think uh, the market to a certain extent was uh, worried that, you know, a stronger Sing dollar and a weaker uh, China, you know, could result in, uh, you know, downside risk to UOB's uh, ASEAN and North Asia operations. Uh, but, you know, fortunately with this set of results, um, it doesn't, uh, you know, actually uh, exhibit this weakness so for a start, um, when I look at the core 2Q net profit, it was actually $1.5 billion. And I think this amount was actually 10% above what the market was expecting. Uh, I mean, even though on the Q1Q basis, it was weaker by around a few percent. But on the year-on-year uh, uh, comparison, it's still up 33%. So this is uh, something to take note of. Um, so moving on to UOB's uh, net interest margin of around 2.12%, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for this quarter, it actually recorded a smaller contraction of only about two basis points compared mm-hmm. to first Q where it recorded a uh, decrease of eight basis points. So, um, you know, while fee income came under pressure, you know, as what you have pointed out, you know, trading and investment income, you know, actually helped to sustain this performance uh, on the back of some resiliency shown by uh, you know customer related treasury mm. income. Mm. And uh, you know, next we also look at some of we also look at the credit costs, uh-huh. which which will actually be linked to the provisions that the bank put up. Uh, you mm. know, in two Q twenty three, we we were looking at your credit costs around thirty basis point, and you know, management actually expect you know this figure to remain stable at around twenty five basis point for the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. And you know, most importantly, if I may sum up, you know, there was actually no change uh, for the guidance on loan growth, which is still low to mid single digit. Yeah, and they also guided that margins will be expected to stay stable as well. You know, this is good news. You know, as you know, it sort of you know soothes market worries. But I, I guess uh, we could you know perhaps uh, know more about it when uh, DBS and OCBC reports next week whether mm-hmm. the management are, will be changing their guidance or not. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. In the meantime, David, let's have a look at mm-hmm. the latest distribution numbers from several S-REITs. We've got Maple Tree Industrial Trust reporting there a 2.9% on-year drop in DPU for first quarter ended June. Likewise, if we look at Capital Land China Trust, DPU down 8.8% on-year for the first half year ended June. How would you assess the performance of S-REITs so far then? Okay, um, if I may touch on, you know, Maple Tree results, um, I think it uh, shouldn't be a surprise uh, given that, you know, they didn't have a very strong end to their fiscal year 2023. Uh, you know, for their, their year end is in March, by the way, uh, and they reported in early May. So during the reporting, you know, we actually saw that, we actually saw that, you know, fourth queue of uh, fiscal year 2023 actually saw net property income, you know, going up by around 3.8% year on year. But borrowing costs actually shot up by a whopping 47% year on year. So as a result for the full year of uh, fiscal year 2023, your, the uh, dividend per unit was actually down 1.7%. So with this uh, latest first quarter result, it's sort of like a carryover from where they left off previously, you know, with the effects of higher borrowing still being felt. So this will take more time to be sorted out. So I'm not uh, really surprised at all. Hmm. 
And okay. uh, mm-hmm. do you mention Capital Lab, China Trust? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise either, given you know that we know you know China economy was uh, pretty much still weak in the uh, first half. Uh, but the positive is that I think uh, tenant sales in the uh, in their retail portfolio has actually exceeded you know pre-COVID levels, and the retail occupancy, if I'm not mistaken, is also on a high right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, and management actually expects you know low single digit. Uh, low single digit rental reversion for the second half. So I think we'll see about that. Um, overall, I think the current set of bids, uh, you know, who have reported so far, you know, have highlighted that macro conditions uh, continue to be challenging and their uh, interest rate costs are still creeping up. So you have credit spreads widening at the same time. And, you know, this is perhaps, you know, we in time to come, we will see some impact to the asset valuations and perhaps mm-hmm. also impact their financial matrix. Mm. And before we let you go, uh, David, mm-hmm. let's very quickly take a look at what's happening around the world. And in focus mm-hmm. is that U.S. Federal Reserve raising benchmark lending rate by 25 basis points to the highest level since 2001. Now, we are talking mm-hmm. about a range of between 525 and 5.5% here. Not much of a surprise there, that quarter point mm-hmm. rate hike. But looking at the language used by the Fed, how likely is the hike in September and what does it mean for global markets? I think from now to September, we are looking at uh, two more CPI reports and also two non-farm payroll reports. And these are the key figures that uh, Fed Chairman Jerome actually highlighted you know, uh, in his speech yesterday. Um, the market for now is pricing in just a 20% chance of a hike for now in September. So assuming you know the data is uh, you know not showing a spike in inflation and non-farm payroll continue to be good, I guess the Fed can perhaps wait until November. Um, and uh, this probability of hiking in November, you know, market has priced in of, I think uh, I think uh, it's around 40%. Mm. So I mean, the overall tone we got from the Fed yesterday was that they are data dependent. Um, but he did, you know, try to make a push to keep September in place. So I, so we may, you know, see more Fed officials will try to highlight that, you know, in the coming weeks ahead. And then, you know, perhaps they will, you know, say, make further commentaries, you know, after the uh, upcoming CPI report on August 10th. So, you know, having said that, um, I think the market is a bit confident now and that uh, they think, the market thinks uh, we are probably much closer to the end of the hiking cycle. Mm. Thanks a lot, David, for the insights. That was David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.